welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll hear more reasons to take a Sunday drive, discover how to stress less, and I'll share a recent experience that had me twitching and itching, but learning to reframe it all. This is episode 63. Here we go. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in this week. Here we are in the middle of January. Oh my goodness, so crazy how it's just the new year is upon us. So before we dive into today's topic, I thought it would be fun to advocate again for Sunday drives. Okay, so two things that our family loves to do is a Saturday adventure and a Sunday drive. Now, we're not rigid about this. We don't do it every single weekend, but we do try to do it several times a month. So here's what it looks like just to refresh your memory. A Sunday drive is literally getting in the car and taking a drive as a family. So one of the simplest ways you and I can do this is to pair it with the habit of going to church. So after church, you have to drive home anyways. So what you can do is take a few extra minutes, even five, 10, 15 minutes is great. Okay, maybe not five, (laughs) let's say 10 to 15 and drive the long way home. Take the scenic route, so to speak. Chances are you have some pretty countryside or neighborhoods or sites in your area where you live that you could leisurely drive through after church. One fun thing you can add to the Sunday drive is to get some drive through coffee for you and your spouse and order a little treat like a smoothie or Italian soda or whatever it may be for your kids. We do this a lot on Sundays and we love it. Of course, the kids love it too. So keep it simple. Hop in your car after church, grab a fun treat on your way, and just notice the beauty all around you. Adding a short Sunday drive gives you and your family another opportunity to talk and connect and just be together. It's so wonderful. Sometimes it's a good chance to ask your kids what they're learning in church or debrief with your husband about something cool from the message that you heard together. All in all, whether you sing silly songs, play car games, or end up having a serious theological discussion, the Sunday drive adds a depth and richness to your weekend that I know you will enjoy and you will treasure like we do. Give it a try and message me to let me know what you did and how it went. Is that a deal? (laughs) Okay. All right, well, we have been talking about traits of a Sunday afternoon mama during this season of the podcast, which is season two, so since November. And right now, in January, we are still tackling what it means to prioritize our health and set goals to help us become stronger and sleep better and stop battling with food. Last week, we were privileged to talk with Sarah Clark, who had some fascinating insights about how healthy habits can impact our lives well beyond the physical realm. If you recall, she has an incredible story about her fertility journey, and now she helps hundreds of women pinpoint health issues that may be negatively impacting their ability to get pregnant. So amazing, the work she does. So far, we've established several truths about goal setting in this whole realm of health, you know, and I've encouraged us to set a few specific goals, ideally in the foundational habits category, which includes sleep, movement, food and drink, and uncluttering per Gretchen Rubin's suggestions. And I've also been talking about us not engaging in a toxic relationship with food or exercise where we reward and punish ourselves for what we label as good or bad behavior. I've 
also spent some time cautioning us against the ever popular be your best self message, which often places an unmanageable burden on our shoulders when it comes to our choices. This mantra fails to acknowledge the tragic curveballs of life. And what I mean by that is loss, pain, sickness, heartache that may come our way. I am gently reminding you that yes, we do make choices that are important. And yes, establish foundational habits like good sleep and movement that'll give you a mood boost keep you sane and help you have more energy. But let's not despair or beat ourselves up if something awful happens unexpectedly or we fail, and that's in air quotes, you know, fail, to check off all the health boxes in one day. Saying it's all up to us, like, what are you going to do to be your best self? Ugh, I don't know. It's, it's actually not entirely true or possible. And what I mean by that is it's not people's fault when they get a rare disease. It's not your fault if someone is driving drunk and hits your car. We can make all the healthy choices in the world, but those choices cannot protect us from life's ups and downs. And I don't say that to sadden us. I say that to set us free and encourage you and I to not place that unrealistic pressure on ourselves every day. Okay, I have a quick example of what I'm talking about from something that happened in late November of 2018. Both of my daughters got and here's where you hear a drum roll or maybe even just scary dramatic music <laughs> in your head. They got head lice. I mean, this has been on my like top five things I hoped I'd never have to deal with as a mama. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, there are way worse things in this life than than head lice. <laughs> okay. There are fatal diseases, illnesses, accents. I, I totally acknowledge that. I'm just saying head lice to me was one of the most disgusting, icky things that could ever happen. And I'd hoped it never would hit my house. I'm just, oh, even right now I'm starting to itch. <laughs> just remembering it all. So when this happened in our family, I just for a few days, I wasn't able to check off all of my like little health boxes, like go to the gym and drink all this water. Like I just, I was like, oh my goodness, we have had lice in the house <laughs> and I had to focus on taking care of my kids. <laughs> okay. And you know what we did instead? We watched the Nutcracker. Uh, we gave, I gave lots of hugs. I washed lots of blankets and pillows several times. Like, ugh. I vacuumed multiple times. <laughs> I treated their poor hair and I prayed that none of us would get it next. In the meantime, our little boy was fighting a nasty chest cold and cough and he was super grumpy about it, not to mention my husband was fighting a terrible cold and I was feeling it coming on like myself. So I had all three kids home for several days after having an entire week off at Thanksgiving. So of course that's not my ideal scenario, not what I would have chosen. And just because I have some healthy habits didn't like insulate me from this happening, right? Sometimes things just happen. But we made it through. I had to adjust my health habits because their, you know, their kids' care was important. And so you know what I did? I, I just tweaked things. I did manage to stretch and take care of my back. I took some walks outside. I used the foam roller to help with stiffness and soreness. And I did some yoga. So I feel pretty solid that I was able to accomplish that despite having this issue in the house. But my point is that some days we have to prioritize others and their health as well. Like, yes, it's so popular to talk about this thing of like, take care of yourself so you can take care of others. I completely agree. But sometimes with those curveballs in life and an unexpected stressor happening, you find yourself adjusting and tweaking your routine and that has to be okay. 
I think too many health plans or programs are too rigid and don't allow flexibility for life. And then usually people, you know, get off plan or off program and get discouraged and give up. So I'm praying throughout this month that many of us can experience more freedom in this area of health, like even break free from old bad ways of thinking and living so that we can be better mamas together. After all, these healthy habits are a choice for us and our families, and we do want to thrive and have plenty of energy and vitality for our children. Goodness knows we need it. I've joked many times that with my toddler boy right now, I'm frequently exhausted by 9 a.m. And that's even after like getting a good sleep and working out. And it's just, there are intense seasons of life with our kids and we do need to take care of ourselves. So that is definitely something I believe, but all I'm saying is to watch out for the, you know, the rigid, you know, and inflexible thinking that can really, really hurt you when life throws you that curveball. Okay. So let's quickly review last week's tips because I think they are so good and they bear repeating. Last week we talked about healthy eating is a choice. Our sleep habits impact our eating habits. Too much caffeine can have a negative effect on us. Healthy eating can be fun and enjoyable. Eating well is rewarding. Intuitive eating is a powerful strategy and stress can sabotage our healthy habits. So watch out for that. And again, I'm saying, I'm kind of saying two different things. I hope it doesn't sound contradictory. I'm saying stress can come and sabotage us and then stress can come and we do need to adjust and just acknowledge that we are going through something stressful and we may not get in as many workouts or as many whatever it may be. Okay, so there's kind of that tension. Today I wanna explore that point even more. Stress can sabotage our healthy habits, okay? I've called this episode to savoring sunsets and less stress. And what I want to do is paint a picture of mom life where we can enjoy things like beautiful sunsets and slow our pace a little and learn how to cope when life does get stressful. What would it look like to remove some of the stress in our lives? Again, clarifying, not the stress that comes in from the outside, stress that's out of our control, no the stress that we put on ourselves, the stress that is within our control, the times that we say yes where we could have and should have maybe said no, the plate that is so full that things are falling off left and right, that kind of stress. So are you with me? What can this look like? Here are some common examples I see all around me and have experienced myself. So I've called this the stress we put on ourselves. The first one is around body image. And that is the notion that I must look like this, whatever this is to you. I think this type of stress is almost unconscious. We see, react, and think, and carry around an ideal in our minds, which can become imprisoning to us. The second stress we put on ourselves often is super mama syndrome. And what I mean by that is I need to be known for being a great mom who cooks and bakes well, volunteers, works hard, keeps an immaculate home, has an amazing husband, and is like always in love and kissing and (laughs) just like happy, happy, happy. Has children who are super well behaved at all times, keywords at all times. And then also around super mama syndrome, the pressure we put on ourselves to make the best decisions all the time, like the best type of diaper to use, the best foods to make our families. And, you know, that notion again of perfection in work life, home life, marriage, parenting, that elusive right choice, even for something that's kind of small. 
second guessing ourselves all day long, which is so exhausting, so wearisome. And the last category is personal. And what I mean by that personal stress that we put on ourselves is just all the other things like relationships, worrying about outside circumstances like weather, natural disasters, unforeseen illness or tragedy, even like worldwide conflicts and war, you know, or violence or whatever it may be, work stress, family strain. Many of these stressors, even though we kind of take them on, are not in our control. So we're, we're going to talk about how to cope more effectively and keep focused on the things that are within our control. Because there's only so much we can do when it comes to things like, let's say, a hurricane or a cancer diagnosis. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so let's dissect these stressors that we put on ourselves one by one. The first one was around body image. I must look like this. Or if I looked like her, I'd be happy. I often see moms, especially on Instagram, who get famous. And by that, I mean they have a ton of followers and seem to be getting a ton of sponsorships and do ads. And because they are super skinny and fit, which is tough combo, by the way, tough combo. And they seem like they can drink or eat anything, have whatever they want, and yet magically stay tiny. But again, I want to encourage us all, let's remember these pictures are a small fraction of the full pie, a small representation that may or may not accurately reflect their real life or what they consume in a day. And let's remember... Some people are genetically predisposed to be more beautiful or handsome or whatever it may be. I mean, have you seen Cindy Crawford's daughter? She is she is stunning, but the odds of her being a gorgeous girl were pretty high, right? I mean, with the supermodel mama, your chances are above average. My husband worked with a guy at his previous job who had really defined calves. <laughs> Calf muscles. <laughs> Don't laugh. Seriously, very toned calf muscles. Anyways, my husband was talking about working out and running and such with him one day, and the guy goes, oh yeah, actually, I don't really work out much right now. I've always been able to stay pretty toned without much effort. So, I mean... <laughs> There you go. Classic case of genetics being in his favor, and he's able to just have these toned leg muscles virtually without effort. <laughs> I love that story. It's so funny. Okay, and then another example for you, um, I was talking to an extended family member who owns a gym and has done bodybuilding and trains others, and so anyways, he was telling me about how much work it is to get insanely strong and toned, like the pictures of men and women that you may see online, he said, you know, it's pretty much a full-time job to look that way. And as I continued to ask him questions, he helped encourage me to see that unless you and I were to dive into the fitness world all in like 110%, some of the results that we see are just simply too much work for us, right? They require too much time at a gym. And like for me, I don't have it. I'm lucky I can grab that hour in the early mornings. And even at that, it's not even a full hour half the time. Obsessing about what foods we eat and don't eat, you know, and he was saying especially for workout competitions or bodybuilding competitions you have to track every little thing do extreme dieting and workout plans and as soon as you're done and maybe go back to your normal life your body reverts back pretty quickly to what it was it may stay strong but the deep toning and definition is gone if you don't put a lot of effort into keeping that way and he went on to say a high, high level of fitness like this is unsustainable and not great for your body. I would just love to throw out there that women, despite all the supposed progress we have made as a society, are still expected to look fantastic at all times. Do you feel this too? I mean, it's ridiculous the pressure we have on us to have perfect hair, white teeth, toned legs, a flat stomach, and somehow... We are supposed to have a beautiful wardrobe, be strong and kind and capable and sweet. It is just so much pressure. 
I marveled at the trend a while back where it was totally cool if you were a guy to have the dad bod, it was called, <laughs> where you had like a soft, softer, rounder belly. Yet, can you imagine like women are never allowed to have that soft middle without the quiet judgment and people not considering that the most beautiful thing they've ever seen, right? So it's just, it's really difficult. We're in a, we're still in a world that has a lot of pressure on us to be very thin, yet magically curvy as well. It's just so much pressure. So there is an athlete named Lauren Fleshman and she has a blog and she is just a super athlete. I mean, she's incredible. She's won so many things on like the national stage and she is an incredible runner. So she, um, in her blog a few years back, posted a picture of her modeling on a runway for a fitness clothing brand one day. And then the next like slouching slightly after running a race and her tummy was pooching out slightly, I'll link this article that she wrote, it was so good. And she makes the point, because she had had a baby a few months before, and so she makes the point that, yes, she's a professional athlete, but when she's not spray tanned and flexed, her tummy is gonna pooch a little bit. for heaven's sakes, it's okay. (laughs) She she was advocating for women to stop feeling so bad about their bodies, especially after having kids. She reminds us that often in pictures or on the runway, models are sucking in their stomachs and flexing to get the maximum muscular look. It's not real life. It's not the everyday. It's not right after you've had a, a big meal, right? And so, uh, yeah, you have to read this article. It's called Keeping It Real, and I will link it in the show notes. Here's another Uh, women's health article that I will also link. It talked about the pressure we're under. So they say, in the United States, girls and women hear and see messages about how they look from the first moments they are alive throughout much of their childhood and into adulthood. Young girls and teens are more likely to be praised for how they look than for their thoughts or actions. The media focuses on showing women who are thin, attractive, and young. Images of these women are often edited using computer technology, as as we know. As a result, girls and young women often try to reach beauty and body ideals that do not exist in the real world. So, I mean, I want to say let's be done with the double standard. Let's release the toxic pressure of working, starving, rewarding, punishing ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically when it comes to our appearance. Honestly, I think it's one of the deepest struggles and stressors that women have to this day, despite the body positivity movement, right? I I just think there's still a double standard, especially amongst men and women, and that's very ironic. And I think that we as women waste hours of our lives worrying, obsessing, comparing, and feeling ashamed when we really don't have to about our bodies. Am I saying give up, don't try to be fit, don't work out? (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. I hope you can hear a balanced message ringing out loud and clear right now. Of course, we can get stronger. You can walk, you can run, you can jump, you can do whatever you love doing to stay healthy. Let's just slough off the negative body image talk and stop feeding our eyes those unrealistic pictures of models who are waif-like, painfully thin, and a lot younger than we are. Like, I just want to note that many of these poor girls that we're comparing ourselves to are in their late teens or early 20s and definitely have not had children yet. So, okay. So when I was like researching this whole topic, 124 million results popped up when I did a Google search about women and struggles with body image. Doesn't that break your heart? Let's be part of a new way, the Sunday afternoon mama way, a new love and confidence in who we are as women, as mamas, as human beings who are healthy in all aspects of our lives and don't succumb to that societal pressure to be selfishly obsessed with our bodies. 
Let's release the toxic thinking when it comes to body image because it causes a lot of stress that we may not even realize we're carrying around. Let's let go of the unattainable images and stop feeding ourselves the negative messages through what we see or what we say to ourselves. Remember, you are more than this body you happen to live in. You are a person who lives and laughs and loves greatly, who impacts this world for good and shines brightly. Intangible traits like kindness, gentleness, and respect are far greater and more valuable than toned bodies, smooth, unwrinkled skin, and staying permanently at age 25. (laughs) If you want a scary character reference in all this, just remember Mother Gothel in Tangled, you know, the Rapunzel story. (laughs) And that should scare you. So, you know, and and one more thing, what good is it if we obsess and look really good, like by the world standards, we just, that's all we think about, that's all we do, yet we have poor character or we have a mean-spirited attitude or we are critical of others or prideful, like it's, it's just not worth it, you know what I mean? You can do both, you can take care of yourself, that's, I'm completely, I'm completely all for that, but I am not about the negative, always down on ourselves because we're comparing and we're just feeding our eyes these images. Ugh. Okay, let's move on to what I'm calling super mama syndrome. Super mama syndrome. This is where you have an ideal, a perfect picture in your mind's eye of what a mama should be and do. Often this involves what you should look like, but also what you do, what you're skilled at and known for. Unfortunately, I, I see this happening so much just all around me and it, I've, I've done it too. I see a lot of jealousy and competition amongst moms. My friend Christina, who is often a guest on the podcast, told me she's heard it called mom petition. <laughs> Oh, isn't that just so sad? I think we often place too much pressure on ourselves to get everything right all the time. Stay on top of the laundry, the house cleaning, your career if you work outside the home, your status in the community, your volunteer hours, your kids' behavior and academic performance, not to mention how athletic or artistic or musical they are. (laughs) Oh, what a list right? I don't know about you, but I find with the advent of information overload through the internet, the plain old internet, I mean, it's been around forever, but internet and social media, I I don't know, I can find that I second guess my decision making too often. Have you done that? Ignorance is certainly bliss sometimes when it comes to motherhood, I think. I mean, I do believe God gives us these mama instincts. And while it's good to be informed and to learn more information about this and that, when it comes to raising great kids, I think most of everything that we need is right there inside of us that God has already placed within our hearts. Or it is a prayer away. God is the ultimate source and author of all wisdom and knowledge. And so whenever we're stuck, we can run to him. I'm so thankful he's always there for us in that secret place. And if you need to know what I'm talking about, reference uh, episode 56 and go back and listen to that. All that to say, super mama syndrome has got to go. And I'm saying this to myself too. Let it go. Yes, we want to grow and set goals and, and not stay stagnant in our spiritual and emotional growth. But the pressure and the weight of comparison and the suffocating, joy-stealing comparison will not help us. Okay, here's the last stressor, and there's many more that we could talk about, but I've called it personal. And I'll admit I cheated and made this last 
this last category very broad so you can put all the other stressors here that you may be dealing with. By personal stressors, I just mean whatever stresses you out the most. It can include things like interpersonal relationships, like I'm talking marriage, extended family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, your own kids, all of that. It can also include outside circumstances, like we've mentioned before, things that are actually not in your control, but they really, really stress you out. It's important to remember that we can reframe our scenario to see things from a different perspective. So the thing, the one thing that really brings you a lot of stress and anxiety, we can learn to see that from a different perspective that's more positive and hopeful. And I'm not saying to deny that bad or tragic things, I am not saying to deny that bad or tragic things don't happen because that would be folly. But I am saying that we can choose the lens that we see the world through. Okay, here's an example. I shared on episode 55 about the season of my life where I lost both of my jobs and my identity at the time too was all wrapped up in those jobs all in one fell swoop had my first child and moved to another city all within one year. If I only focused on what seemed negative at the time, I'd I'd say, I can't believe God took everything away from me. I lost my jobs, I had no money, I barely made it through all while being pregnant with our first child and it was so hard. However, if I'm reframing this whole experience, which I have done now, I can see God's goodness and faithfulness through it all. He provided a way out of a toxic situation developing at work He lifted us out of the church that we were in to transition us to another ministry and another church where we could do so much and allowed us to have a clean and easy break from the world we were in to move forward into the next job and the next season and more of his blessing. So whatever personal stress you find is really a tough, sticky point for you. If we can learn to reframe that, it'll help us to walk through that stress without giving into it, if that makes sense, not letting it rule our lives. I wanted to read a short little excerpt from a book called The Seven Pillars of Health. And I read this years ago and I kind of busted it out for this series because I was like, I knew there were some good things in there I wanted to share and to re- reread because it had been a while. So he talks, it's a Christian doctor and he talks about um, the power of reframing. He says, here's a simple example of the concept of reframing. We had a beautiful painting in our living room, but it was never noticed because the picture frame didn't do the painting justice. My wife finally decided to reframe it with a beautiful new frame. The result was amazing. It was as if the painting almost came alive and practically everyone noticed it immediately upon entering the room. People who had been in my house dozens of times and never noticed it were now awestruck by its beauty. They would ask where we had purchased the remarkable new painting. I replied that we had the painting hanging there all along, but no one had ever noticed it until we changed the frame. He goes on to say, yes, it's true that you cannot control everything that happens to you, but you can control your perceptions and interpretations of what happens. Any psychologist will tell you that your perceptions and reactions are more important to your mental and physical health than the event itself. Every thought you have ripples throughout your entire being, he says, your physical body and emotions. Stressful thoughts do damage to your body and mind like a grenade going off. Proverbs 16.22 states that the mind is the wellspring of life. We know from stress studies that the mind can also be a source of death. That means we must learn to reframe every event in our lives that we perceived as tragic, painful, traumatic, or in any way negative. And he goes on to describe how to do that even more. But I just thought that was so powerful is... It's not denying that these things have happened. It's it's reframing, adjusting your perspective. And there's also great power in joy and laughter through it all, through stress and through life's ups and downs. And I just wanted to read one more quick ex- excerpt from this book about the power of 
of joy and and laughter. So he says, of course, happy people are not luckier than other people. They experience tragedy and hardship, but studies show that happy people do a better job of reframing. They remember the good events in their lives more readily, and when bad things happen, they believe things will be all right. They have hope. Happiness is one of the keys to a long, satisfying life. Studies show that happy people have fewer health problems. Research among older people indicates that folks with positive emotions outlive their sour counterparts. Happy people were shown to be half as likely to become disabled as sad people in the same age bracket, and happy people have a higher pain threshold than those who are sad. Isn't that incredible? Last point here, he says, when you laugh, powerful chemicals called endorphins, which act much the same way as morphine, are released in the brain. Endorphins trigger a feeling of well-being throughout your entire body and relieve pain. So laughter can relieve pain. Isn't that isn't that so powerful? So one thing I did recently, I did a little experiment. I love TV and movies and and I love those crime shows and all of that, but I was in a scenario where I wanted to to laugh and just lighten up my mood. I it was in the evening and my husband was gone for some reason. I can't remember why, but he was out and I was like, okay, I need to watch something funny. I need to laugh. I don't laugh enough. <laughs> I just don't. So I put something on as an older show. It was like, actually it was like old Dennis the Menace. If any of you even know what, what I'm talking about, it was an old like show from the fifties, but it's black and white and it's like, it's completely just silly and there's nothing stressful about it at all. It's just a kid who likes to get in trouble and annoy his neighbor, Mr. Wilson. And you know, it's just classic. So I watched that and I was laughing and I felt so good and you know what I went to sleep a lot easier that night because I had left and if we go through pain or if we go through something intense if we can almost take a break step out of that intensity for a moment and either be around someone who makes you feel better or purposefully read or watch something that can help us laugh and lighten up in that moment it's going to help us to feel so much better and to actually experience that high and feel like okay I have some hope. I have some joy right now. And it's so powerful to do that. So one of the ways you and I can get through these personal stressors, the things that just really tend to get us down and get us all worked up is to laugh and to make time for laughter and make opportunities in our day intentionally to laugh and and walk in joy. All right, so here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to incorporating all of these ideas into our lives. The first one is to release the toxic patterns of thinking that cause you stress. And that involves a lot of just paying attention to what you see and what you tell yourself. You may need to retrain your brain in this area, especially around body image and all the things we mentioned at the beginning, and speak truth until your heart fully believes it. The next tip is to eliminate the sources of stress that are in your control. So I'm going to throw out a couple of examples here. You could unfollow certain people on social media. You don't have to check and recheck the news. Maybe don't surround yourself with negative, fearful people. And I would advocate for us all to go to that secret, quiet place often with God to release all of our stress and worries and remember that the things that are out of our control are just really really that they are out of our control, but we can control how we see the situation and how we act and how we behave. And that leads right into the next tip, which is to reframe your circumstances, like that picture on on that doctor's wall where he just put a new frame and the picture almost came alive. Ask God to help you reframe what you're going through and to remember 
He is with you through it all. He's there and he can help carry you through. The next tip is to learn to laugh more. Let ourselves experience joy even through a tough time or a trial or or a stressor that seems to just keep coming at you. Another tip is to focus on enjoying the present moment. A lot of times we worry or stress about things that could happen and often they never end up happening. I've done this for, there's a scenario I'm thinking of where I have let my mind go crazy with like all the things that could happen. I've done it several times. <laughs> and you know what? Almost everything I worry about never ends up happening every single time. And so I've wasted energy and emotion on something that I had no control over and never even ended up happening. So when you're stressed and when I'm stressed, make it a point to slow down and enjoy the present moment. Like right now, as I'm recording this, it's actually raining really hard. I don't know if you can hear it, but <laughs> um, I am upstairs and there's two skylights. It's really pelting the, the skylights, but I'm just, when it rains, it's like, okay, it is raining. How can I enjoy this rain? Or if I'm out with my family and something happens that I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, how can you enjoy it? Like looking around, noticing the beauty, even something like a sunset, something that happens every single day. How many sunsets have you watched lately? Chances are, if you're like me, not that many. And it's just so powerful to be able to slow down and enjoy a present moment like that. So I would advocate that we enjoy things like sunsets, enjoy things like being outside and breathing in some fresh air and taking a few moments to calm down and not get riled up with stress. Like when I was uh, sick and everyone was coming down with head lice, like ugh, I took that walk outside. I think I took two walks and it helped my mood so much and it helped my perspective and I could feel my heart get lighter. Even though I had to go home to that scenario for a while, I was able to be outside and not be thinking about icky things that I had to do and help take care of. But you know, it was just that perspective. So focusing on the present moment. And lastly, keep a grateful heart attitude. And I'm sorry to keep referencing the terrible headlights incident of 2018. Can you tell I'm kind of scarred by it? <laughs> but seriously, I could be grateful if I look back I could be grateful that I was able to stay home with the kids and take care of them. I could be thankful that we have good medicines and shampoos and ways to remedy this problem. I could be happy to have a great washer and dryer to wash all the laundry that needed to be washed. And I could be thankful for my husband who was sick himself, but took the time to help comb the girl's hair with me late into the evening when we first discovered the problem. Oh, and props to my mother-in-law who helped me immensely as well. She was tired from a recent trip and she was jet lagged, but she still came over and helped us too to take care of the girls. So see how that works? Like you can look at the blessings amongst a like icky situation and it, it really helps lift, lift that stress and lift that negativity. So I hope these things are encouraging to you. I hope that you are able to enjoy a sunset this week. I hope you're able to slow down for a moment when you feel that stress coming on you and deal with it in a healthy way. Like go to that secret place with God and pour out your heart. And I'm also hoping we can all kind of take back the reins when it comes to what we watch and what we see and what we surround ourselves with, because there are a lot of things that are in our control and we don't always realize it. Like I don't have to look at this magazine. I don't have to look at this person on social media. I don't have to go down the rabbit hole, is that the right expression? Go down the rabbit hole of looking at this these supermodels on, you know, whatever. It's like, we don't have to do that. And, and if it really will help us to stay more positive and joyful to not do that, 
then I say go for it. Set better, set better parameters so that we can avoid taking on unnecessary stress about body image and about just around our confidence because there's enough struggles in this world that we're going to face. We don't need to be adding to our own struggles and stress. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's move on to the segment we call my favorite things. And I have just one simple one for you today. And it is the at-home manicure. Okay, some of you may recall around the holidays this past year, I posted some Instagram stories about my nail problems, said very sarcastically because we know there are so many massively big problems in the world that far surpass my nail issues. So I'm saying this kind of facetiously. But anyways, I had the unfortunate job of removing my shellac or gel polish myself from home because it was chipping off. And as much as I love a nice, beautiful manicure, you really have to maintain the gel polish and it ends up costing you more to keep going and going and and taking a lot of time that I just didn't have to give. I always like to do it for a little bit around the holidays and my birthday and stuff. But anyways, no judgment if you love manicures because they are super fun. So I don't really care either way. But for me, I decided I better be done for now, you know, with this season of manicures in a salon. I'm sure I'll do it again someday and just stick to the at-home manicure session given by myself. And the bonus is I can do it whenever. I don't have to help get a babysitter. I don't have to like arrange for anything. I can do it when the kids are asleep at night. I have all of the supplies. I have a huge array of nail polish. I have nail clippers, a file, a buffer, cuticle oil, good lotion, et cetera, et cetera. So for now, that's my thing and I'm pretty happy with it. (laughs) I have one more thing to share and it's some great listener feedback. If you have any feedback or questions that you'd like me to share on the air, I'd love to hear from you. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook or email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com. There is even a specific number you could call and leave a voicemail, which would be really fun. And that's 1-401-371-MAMA. That's 1-401-371-6262. So one of our listeners shared recently um, in a private message to me, she said, as always, your podcast encouraged me this morning. I've been stressed and anxious this past week, and you reminded me to calm my heart, take it to Jesus, and accept his gift of joy. Thank you, sweet friend. And oh, I read this and my heart just felt so good. I was so happy to hear this episode had encouraged my friend. And it was the episode about stepping into joy. And you can listen to that one again. I think it was episode 55. (laughs) And so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I just so appreciate all of you listeners. And I love connecting with you through messages and even in person. Those of you that I live nearby, it's so fun to talk about how this podcast is impacting you and I'm so grateful that we're here together and on this journey of motherhood together. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week and please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. You can also screenshot when you're listening and share it to your social media and that's another wonderful way to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.